0: The officer who shot and killed Dante Wright this week has been arrested and charged. But the officer who killed the Trump supporter, Ashley Babbitt, has been cleared of all wrongdoing and will not, it turns out, face prosecution. Is this just another example of our two-tiered justice system these days? And how much money can you make being a community organizer? We're going to show you the million dollar homes owned by the woman running the Black Lives Matter organization. And why did Joe Biden choose the date of September 11th to pull our troops out of Afghanistan? Is that the wrong signal to send to our enemies right now? All of that and more tonight on Dr. Gina Primetime. Have you ever wondered how political activists or so-called community organizers make a living? Barack Obama, you remember, is one of the most famous community organizers of our time who comes to mind. I'd never heard the term before I heard it called, heard it named for Barack Obama, but the thing about it is he never held a real job in his life, but somehow Barack Obama has amassed great wealth, never working that I know of in the private sector. Now we have Black Lives Matter co-founder Patrice Kahn colors receiving backlash for going on a real estate shopping spree. But the co-founder hasn't bought in minority communities like you might think she would. Mm -mm, Nope. She has purchased homes for millions of dollars that are in predominantly white neighborhoods. But why? Last month, the 37-year-old self-proclaimed Marxist bought one of her four homes in the Malibu area of Los Angeles for $1.4 million dollars, and there are others. The head of Black Lives Matter's greater New York City, named Hawk Newsom, a Black Lives Matter group that is not affiliated, by the way, with Con Kohler's, is now calling for an independent investigation of the Black Lives Matter Global Network founder um, to find out how the foundation is actually spending its money and why she suddenly has all of this money to spend on these real estate this real estate in these homes newsom is also calling out con colors for saying she is a socialist yet she is buying these extravagant homes so interesting for a marxist and a socialist all while running a charitable group which is causing many to question the validity of the blm movement which many have been questioning for a long time but don't think that just because this woman and others like her Um, are doing this that, uh, you know, they're not smart people just because they're community organizers. These people are actually very good at what they do. Just look at what's happening right now in Minneapolis. Community organizers there have turned the entire narrative against the police and the police officer who was attempting to arrest a fugitive who was resisting arrest. And now that police officer is behind bars for having shot him. And we're going to tell you about this entire criminal past a little later on in the show. It will shock you. And then there's the Ashley Babbitt story. She was, as you probably remember, shot and killed by a police officer on January 6th. And today it was announced that the officer who shot and killed her will not be charged, even though Ashley Babbitt did not have a criminal record. She was not resisting arrest. The police officer who shot her did not even attempt an arrest. He didn't attempt to use a taser or less lethal force or anything like it. He just shot her as she climbed through a broken window at the Capitol. And we know this because we've all seen that video. We're going to go over all of this coming up a little later on in the show. We're going to tell you about the criminal history of the man who was shot by a police officer who now stands charged with manslaughter. Coming up, Joe Biden has made a huge announcement today and our enemies all over the world were indeed listening. We're gonna see more terror attacks because of this. That's a question. Welcome back to Dr. Gina Primetime. Now, while we are all still distracted by the events in Minnesota this week, the Biden border crisis continues to be horrible. And Biden is also pulling out the last of our troops from Afghanistan. Maybe he could just put those troops over on the border. It's just a thought. Here with me now to discuss Real America's Voice contributors, Amanda Head and Tom Borelli. Amanda and Tom, great to have you both with me tonight. Thanks for being here.
2: Thank you. Fantastic. Great to be back.
0: Now, today, Joe Biden announced that he has come up with a date to pull the final 2,500 U.S. troops out of Afghanistan. Oddly, though, he has signaled to the entire world that September 11th is the day that the terrorists will have free reign of that country again um our last president said it was a good idea to bring our troops home but amanda he also said it was a bad idea to telegraph to the enemy exactly when withdrawal dates would be so why is joe biden doing this
3: yeah you know as far as pulling troops out there were two very different methods underneath president trump and president obama biden um president trump felt the need to bring troops home because he didn't think that boots on the ground were advantageous to our efforts in the middle east however he didn't do what biden or what obama did which was completely yank them out and then allow other terrorist organizations to pop up and propagate so there's a big difference there but also as you pointed out with the messaging this was something that we saw repeatedly under obama and even some of the people within his own administration were critical public he was with his plans we all remember him talking about the JV team but he was always throwing it out there what he was planning on doing and that's one thing with President Trump you may or may not like his diplomacy and the way that he conducted foreign policy but one thing is absolutely certain under President Trump uh, let's just reflect back to our time under Obama and George W. Bush We were all very fearful on a day-to-day basis of terrorist attacks in the the United States. Maybe that was unfounded. Maybe we were being a little maniacal. But that was something that was of concern. There isn't a single day during the Trump presidency where I was fearful that a terrorist attack was going to happen on our soil now that might have been a little silly too because it's something we should always be you know wary of but there were two different situations for americans under the two presidents and now moving forward to biden's presidency he obviously has adopted a lot of the same foreign policy agenda items and decisions of obama so i think we're just kind of you know reverting back to pre-2016 fun times
0: Well, and it is interesting, there's already been one attack by a radical Islamist, um, and so it just makes you wonder, are they emboldened, because we really weren't seeing things like that. Under um, under Donald Trump, and we haven't heard follow up on that. Like so many other things, when when the when whatever happens doesn't fit the LEFT'S narrative, a lot of times that they just crush the story. We we haven't really heard any follow up on what exactly his ties were, how deep they were, if it was related to his crime, and that was just about a week or two ago. Um, but Tom, what do you make of this September 11th pronouncement? Does that put our troops, or Americans, or um, you know other groups of people, especially in Afghanistan? stand
2: under in harm's way. Yeah, Dr. Gina uh, reflect what Amanda said. Yeah, I, I think the timing is really wrong. Setting a date uh, pulled back and and obviously September 11th. I mean, why would you come up with that date? I mean, that is just it is just really foolish in, in my view. But it's also the context of this. Look, when President Trump expressed he wanted to do this, he was coming from a position of strength. He would have withdrawn the troops, but the rest of the world was was knowing. You don't still play around with the United States when President Trump was in charge. Now what we have is President Biden. I don't think anybody in the world views him as strong. So withdrawal now, a stated withdrawal by September 11th, I think sends a message of weakness around the world, especially to our adversaries in China, North Korea, Iran, uh, Russia. And I think this is going to give them plenty of ammunition for a propaganda tape. If I was in those countries and if I was the minister of propaganda, I'd have Biden tripping up the steps and then truth being withdrawn from Afghanistan. I think that sends yeah. a wonderful message of weakness, and it will fill the airwaves in those countries that don't like us with a tremendous propaganda opportunity. No one believes President Biden is strong. Seeing him trip up the steps... And then seeing him withdraw troops, and by the way, they're keeping troops in Germany, which makes no sense to me at all. So I think our foreign policy is completely upside down because we have President Biden and he's fundamentally weak.
0: And, you know, you mentioned tripping. Speaking of trips, Kamala Harris finally said uh, after gallivanting pretty much all over the globe and making appearances and getting cheered for and going pretty places and stopping by home and seeing friends and family and uh, visiting all of her friends, she's finally going to visit Mexico and Guatemala to try to do something, she says, about the border crisis after more than a month of Americans practically begging her. But wouldn't it be nice if she went to New Mexico and maybe Texas? Uh, Tom, what do you think about that? A little bit of America, maybe, you know, just showing a little support for, (laughs) I don't know, Americans? What a crazy thought.
2: Yeah. Well, America first, right? (laughs) Now we have Guatemala first and Mexico first. It makes perfect sense with the Biden-Harris administration here. Yeah. I, I think, again, we talked about this. I think she wants to avoid going to the United States because it'll just chin up all the media of, you know, those poor children being dropped over the wall and the kids now in their plastic plexiglass cages. I think she wants to avoid that at all costs. So now she's going to go down to Guatemala. I don't know what she's going to fix in Guatemala. What they really need to do is just reinstate former President Trump's policies, remain in Mexico, and the first country you enter, that's where you need to apply to asylum. Those simple policies worked. That's what they need to do. These trips, these now this photo op in Central America isn't going to do anything at all.
0: Amanda, we've been hearing that the plan from the uh, Kamala Biden administration is that uh, they would give money to some of these Central American countries in order to, I guess, beg them to keep their own people and and incentivize them rather than just close the border, rather than go back to the Trump policies that actually worked. uh, They're going to go give away more taxpayer money and bribe these countries to do something, which as we know with most federally funded programs, it probably won't work. Um, But Amanda, do you think that she will be going to um, these places that she's planning to go because she's going to make some of those kinds of announcements
3: oh, I, I don't know if she plans on making announcements because if she does which is probably the reason she hasn't gone to the border uh, the same reason is because then she has to acknowledge the problem um, are we really in the place where we are nation building again where we are pay- paying other countries to fix their problems so that they don't send their people here is that really where we are again um the fact that she's not going to our border that she's going to mexico i don't know maybe there's a run on tequila and weed but i feel like for her this is something that she feels like she'll she can just kind of skip over the bad part this is like going to an er because you fell off your bike and fractured you know your your forearm or something and them addressing the scratch on your arm that happened as a result and not working on the fracture. If she just flies over that border, then she can still ignore it and she can act like she's doing something substantive.
0: Well, there's also this report, Amanda, from Axios, a Texas nonprofit organization called Family Endeavors, just hired someone who was part of the Biden administration transition team. And suddenly, that nonprofit, guess what, was given a huge contract, $530 million to be exact. And those funds are to help manage the influx of illegal immigrant minors coming across the border that was caused by the Biden administration. So they cause a crisis and then they pad the pockets of their buddies with millions of dollars to fix the crisis, and this is how Democrat politics are done so often, whether it is uh, the environment or crisis like the border crises or other things uh, that take place. This suddenly makes a little more sense, doesn't it, Amanda?
3: Yeah, this this actually sounds exactly like the Cloward-Piven strategy. You got leaks on both end. You create a crisis so that you can fix the crisis with social programs. And this isn't you know your your typical definition of a social program. But when you have a situation under President Trump where he had these policies, the Remain in Mexico policy, these asylum policies, he was forcing nations south of our border to take care of their problems. We weren't paying them to take care of them. We were just enforcing things at our own border and paying companies brokering deals paying other countries you know it it, that that is not what is ultimately going to fix what is happening at our border what fixes what's happening at our border is having a strong president who can walk upstairs and make strong policies
0: Tom where does this made-up money come from and where does it end
2: well that's the problem they're printing money and I'm really worried about inflation uh, going forward real soon but uh, Dr. Jean, I'm glad you brought up that point about money going to nonprofits. This is what the left does. It's a dirty little secret, and that's why these huge spending bills represent such a huge risk. They may be funding who knows how much money to these nonprofit groups, and a small amount of that money may go to whatever the intended causes. The other money somewhere along the line is going to go for left wing activism uh, in in those areas. I think they're doing the same thing with the vaccine rollout. They have now have money going to grassroots to convince people who are hesitant about the vaccine to go get it. And I think it's going to, you know, some church groups, some black church groups. And at the end of the day, that's going to be about that's going to be about politics, not about the intended purpose.
0: Amanda, we're almost out of time, but before we go, tell us, you are not in your normal com- normal, California uh, little hideout there, uh, recluding from the whole world because they are uh, out there with uh, your mask muffles, muzzles, and, uh, and telling you what you can and can't do all the time. So where exactly are you this week?
3: I am in Lynchburg, Virginia at Liberty University. This is the Equity for Africa event that the School of Business here is putting on. They have gathered some of the most brilliant minds in American businesses along with dignitaries, presidents, kings, queens, prime ministers from Africa in order to facilitate some some business relationships between the two countries and their companies. And it's been a very successful event. It started off last night. Mike Pompeo gave a speech at the dinner and we've had a lot of great interviews since then, talking. To people about you know what this conference has meant to them, I think for a lot of American businesses, they are looking to broker deals, whether it's manufacturing or trade, with countries in Africa because they are starting to see. Um, The things done by China for lack of better terms shenanigans not only in uh, the social realm but also in the business realm with theft of intellectual property and they're thinking you know maybe we should look at a different country a different continent altogether for business decisions so I think it's been very successful but Dave Bratt who is uh, the dean of business here at the university we interviewed him yesterday at the start of the conference and we're gonna interview him again tomorrow to see how he feels about how everything went
0: Awesome. We'll look forward to that. Tom and Amanda, thank you both so much for being here today.
2: Great to be back. Thank
0: you. Coming up, is there a two-tier justice system? The officer who shot and killed a Trump supporter at the U.S. Capitol will not be charged. But the officer who killed a wanted man trying to resist arrest in Minnesota this week was just arrested. It's all very confusing, but we're going to break it down for you next right here on Dr. Gina Primetime. Welcome back to Dr. Gina Prime Time. So glad that you are with us. Don't forget to check out my podcast, if you would. It's over at JustTheNews.com. You can click on the little hamburger up in the corner, look for podcasts, and then scroll down until you see my face. I'd love you to subscribe and share it. I want to get back to this story, and you remember the story, and uh, about the Minnesota police officer who shot and killed Dante Wright. Her name is Kim Potter, and... Um, She has now been charged with second degree manslaughter. Potter was arrested earlier today, held and then ultimately officially charged at the Hennepin County Jail for the death of Mr. Wright. Now Mr. Wright is the 20 year old black man That we all know by now that potter shot and killed during that fateful traffic stop when she accidentally reached for her handgun instead of her taser that was in the other side of her holster now at that time potter and another officer had pulled Wright over for an expired registration and they were trying to arrest mr wright after learning that he had an outstanding assault warrant from february Here is a video of Mr. Wright that you probably have not seen, and it is from not too long ago. As you can see, he is pointing a gun, waving it around at the camera, and looks to be smoking a joint. And I want to make it clear, I'm not showing this video to pass judgment on Wright, but rather to show you another side of this man that the mainstream media has and probably will not show you, because it doesn't fit their narrative of another black killed kid killed by the police. Wright was a 20-year-old man who had an outstanding warrant for assault and he was trying to get away from police at the time he was shot. Most news media has portrayed him instead as a teenager who is holding babies and in these sweet photos and I just think that the whole picture needs to be shown. Now we know from court records that Dante Wright had a warrant out for his arrest for attempted aggravated robbery after choking and holding a woman at gunpoint for eight hundred and twenty dollars in twenty nineteen. So not exactly a child, he was a man, and not exactly the genteel personality that had been portrayed in the media. So these officers, Kim Potter included, were all aware that they had just pulled over a man who is on the run from police for armed robbery. That's enough to perhaps make the jury consider that uh, there was some duress there. But someone who did not have a warrant out for her arrest, on the other hand, was Ashley Babbitt. An arrest was not even attempted by the Capitol police officer who shot her on January 6th as she was trying to climb through a broken window that someone else I believe had broken at the U.S. Capitol. She was not armed. She did not have a criminal record of gun crimes or any crimes for that matter. And months later, we still do not know the identity of the officer who shot and killed her. On the other hand, we found out the identity of the officer who shot Mr. Wright within 24 hours today, we learned that the officer that shot Ashley Babbitt will not be arrested or charged for the shooting and killing of her. And this is another instance where there seems to be a two-tiered system of justice. Here with me now to discuss Bob Barr and Stephen Rogers. Thanks to you both for being with us today.
4: Pleasure. Thank you.
0: Mr. Barr, to you first. This story of Dante Wright doesn't quite fit the narrative that the mainstream media and the left like to push does it?
5: No, it doesn't, but that's often the case. And it's always very, very easy to jump to conclusions based on a few seconds or a minute or so of a video, uh, a body cam. And that's the uh, that's the case here. The fact of the matter is, as you pointed out, uh, the suspect, uh, Mr. Wright, uh, had an outstanding warrant for a violent So the police had every right to be concerned about what they would face when, in fact, they confronted him in his car for the traffic stop. They weren't weren't so much concerned about the traffic stop as the outstanding warrant and the prior violent behavior of this individual. So in order for the officers to have a gun handy would have made a lot of sense. That doesn't necessarily excuse what happened but it does, I think, put in context the confrontation itself.
0: Police officer, for much of your life, you were a local police officer. Um, Do you believe that police had a reason to believe that their lives were in danger here? And is this something that you think the jury will consider?
4: Yeah, no question about it. In fact, Mr. Barr's assessment of what uh, occurred is excellent. I mean, he nailed it from A to Z. Uh, What we don't have, Dr. Gina, is a video of what was going on in those officers' minds. It's impossible, correct? So as a police officer, I could tell you that if I had information that the person that I have pulled over was armed, had a history of criminal behavior, uh, pointed a gun in a camera, the first thought in my mind is to get them out of that car. And I could tell you the only reason why, at least in my mind, a criminal who has warrants out on them want to get back in a car. Perhaps grab a weapon and maybe use it on you. I think a jury will look at this and they'll come back and say, you know what, this doesn't fly, but it is regrettable, may I add, that the uh, uh, law enforcement officials uh, there brought these charges so quickly, it really looks at, at least in my view, it was a political decision and not a criminal justice decision.
0: And if that was a political decision, Congressman Barr, why don't we know the identity of the officer who shot Trump supporter, Ashley Babbitt on January 6th?
5: We don't know his identity because the establishment has circled the wagons and is simply refusing to provide for the public information that normally is supplied and should be supplied to the public. There is really no reason at all why the public doesn't know and the Justice Department should not release the name of the officer Uh, especially since he faces no charges. That's the decision that's been made. Uh, I'm not gonna second guess that. I did watch the uh, videos uh, that uh, depict the shooting itself, and I had some serious questions about all that transpired, but uh, the Justice Department should be made to provide the identity of the officer, put all of that case in context, just as we're putting in context the Dante Wright case.
0: And Steve, why don't we get to know any of the details uh, that led to this Capitol Police officer not being charged, not just the identity, but we don't know any of the details that um, helped them come to their decision that this person should not be charged.
4: Look, it's mind boggling to me because uh, I could tell you when I served on a police force, our chief made it very clear. We will be transparent as quickly as possible, lay out all the facts before the public. Now, Dr. Gina, what that does, it ends speculation, ends rumors, ends all type of uh, uh, opinions and questions as to what occurred. The only reason that in my mind that they're not releasing this information, and again, this is only my reason, all right, uh, based on just a a thought process, is that police officer related to somebody in that U.S. Congress? Is that an appointee from someone? Was that cop really qualified to be there? There's absolutely no logical reason to... Uh, bring to the people uh, all of the information necessary in order to make sure that the public knows the truth.
0: That That is it. So those are some very intriguing questions. Um, going back to the Congressman, the Brooklyn city manager, Kurt Bogani said that all city employees were entitled to due process in this piece of, uh, of audio, listen.
6: Uh, all employees working for the city of Brooklyn Center Uh, are entitled to due process with respect to discipline. Uh, This employee will receive due process, and that's really all that I can say today.
0: And, of course, we all know now that he was fired for uh, saying that, uh, Congressman Barr, but, you know, maybe he has, maybe there is a point here in that there is not due process when you have such a seemingly two-tiered justice system between the way that the capitol police officer was treated and the and the officer was treated in the case of mr wright do you think
5: well if i i agree that there certainly appears to be at least a double tier standard for due process what is due process for me is not due process for thee Uh, the troubling thing is if in fact this individual the city manager was fired simply because He said the officer will be treated with due process and afforded due process. uh, And then he was fired because of that. It would be nice to see the US Department of Justice perhaps step in and uh, allege that his civil rights have been violated. They're uh, very, very, it's very easy for the Department of Justice. They have a habit of quickly stepping in whenever there's a police officer uh, who shoots uh, somebody uh, alleging civil rights violations on the part of the victim. Uh, let's see if they have applied the same standard in this case and say that this officer, I'm sorry, the city manager should not have been fired uh, for simply doing that job and asserting the constitutional rights of the officer. Uh, Somehow, though, I doubt that the Department of Justice will do.
0: Yeah, I kind of doubt it too. And Steve, uh, how can we expect police officers to do their jobs uh, if even calling for due process can get you fired today. What, what are you hearing from your former colleagues uh, who are still working as police officers with everything that has gone down in the last couple of years regarding police?
4: Early retirements are up. Uh, police Academy classes are down. Uh, police are now going into a reactive policing mode. We've always believed to be proactive, where you go after the quality of life crimes and you're eliminating a lot of serious crimes. In other words, they're retreating, and I don't blame them. And I've even recommended they leave these cities where the Democrats and the Socialists have taken control and go to other states where the government's going to back them up. We're in trouble. We're in trouble in this country. But there is light at the end of the tunnel, and that's the American people who are going to say enough's enough, and hopefully they'll stand up and make some big changes as we move forward. So let not your heart be troubled, as some people say.
0: AOC tweeted this. Dante Wright's killing was not a random disconnected accident. It was the repeated outcome of an indefensible system that grants impunity for state. Violence rewards it with endlessly growing budgets at the cost of community investment and targets those who question that order. Cameras, chokehold bans, restraining funds, and similar reform measures do not ultimately solve what is a systematic problem, she said. That system will find a way. Killings happen on camera. People are killed in other ways. Retaining grows money while often substituting for deeper measures congressman your reaction to aoc weighing in on this in that way
5: it certainly doesn't surprise me this is gobbledygook of the first order Uh, if she might as well have sent out a tweet saying a tweet saying hey i am an airhead uh, because that's all this is it's just (laughs) absolute nonsense and coming from the the hand of a member of congress raises some real questions about the caliber of people that are being elected to represent them in the united states house of representatives
0: and steve um i want you to comment on maxine waters she tweeted this um she said how could a trained officer make a mistake shooting an unarmed man with a gun instead of a taser it's hard to believe but steve you don't think it's so hard to believe do you
4: No, I was involved in a horrific shooting back in the 90s. The the stress level is incredible. You've got somebody uh, shooting at you. Uh, It it could happen. Look, I always point to friendly fire. The worst thing to happen to a cop is to be involved in a shooting and find out your bullet took the life of another cop. These things happen. They call it the fog of war, friendly fire. This officer did not wake up and decide, I'm going to shoot somebody today. It's tragic, it was an accident. I believe it will turn out that the investigation will reveal it was an accident, but it's sad that our police nationwide have to live through this. But hopefully, as I said, they'll come together, they'll get their unions, they'll get the people, and we the people will have the final say.
0: There have been several high profile cases in recent years of black Americans dying during an interaction with police that have led to riots, of course we know, and huge settlements to the families of the deceased. Um, and this isn't an exhaustive list by any means, but Michael Brown's family was paid 1.5 million, Tamir Rice's family 5.5 million, Freddie Gray 6.4 million, Eric Garner 5.9 million, George Floyd 27 million, Breonna Taylor's uh, family paid 12 million. And Dante Wright's family will likely get a big payout. But the one thing, the one thing these events all have in common is that no police officers were convicted in these cases. Congressman Barr, do you expect the same to happen here with police officer Kim Potter? And will the city pay untold millions of dollars of taxpayer money to the family of Dante Wright?
5: Well, there's a, a particular lawyer. I think his name is uh, Ben Crum. If I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, uh, who already seems to be involved in this case. Uh, you know, he seems to have a hotline to the media, and as soon as there is a, a shooting involving uh, a minority, uh, he's there uh, within five or six minutes of the uh, of the shooting, uh, clamoring for you know more justice. And I'm sure that we'll see uh, uh, a move to you know for a big payout here also. Uh, but the, the, fa- the fact of the matter is, you know, these, these are all tragedies, uh, and we don't like to see them happen. Uh, and, you know, whether or not the officer in, uh, in Brooklyn, what is it, Brooklyn, uh, the name of the city escapes me, Brooklyn, I want to say Brooklyn Bridge, but I know it's not, uh, uh, whether or not I- there will be a conviction, I mean, I wouldn't jump to any conclusion at all. All we've seen thus far is a, a clip of a body cam uh, that has no context to it. And by the way, uh, you know, looking at the picture that uh, Maxine Waters held up there, the taser that she held up looks nothing like the tasers that are issued to police officers. Uh, they do, in fact, resemble uh, a sidearm. So uh, this notion that the police officer was carrying this, this bulbous, uh, bright yellow uh, taser uh, is simply an entirely inaccurate and simply an attempt to make a point that uh, should not be made based on the facts.
0: Yes, I think that's a great point to emphasize, uh, Congressman, is that those ta- the taser really does look almost exactly like a gun. It's shaped like a gun. It is a different color, but it is shaped like a gun, um, the one that was in the actual incident. But uh, thank you both so much, so much insight here from both of you, Congressman Bob Barr and Lieutenant Steve Rogers. We appreciate you.
4: My pleasure. pleasure.
0: Thank you very much. Coming up, we'll bring you the stories that you will hear nowhere else. That's next, and you will not want to miss this right here on Dr. Gina Primetime.
3: As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills.
0: The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is.
3: Learn more at meta.com slash metaverseimpact.
0: Welcome back to Dr. Gina Prime Time. It's time now for some news. I bet you won't hear anywhere else. Here to help us today, two of my favorite radio talk show hosts, Mike Opelka and Andrea Kay. Good to see you both. Hey guys. Hi Gina. Now that was my best radio talk show host inter- in- in- interpretation. <laughs> did you? Did you? Did I pass? Of course, you
1: did because you are a phenomenal radio host as well as you are TV. Yes, you are. Oh,
0: thank you. All right, guys, first up, here is this headline Michelle Obama, Matthew McConaughey, Anthony Fauci, and others teaming up for an NBC vaccination special. Mike, how excited are you about this (laughs) vaccination special?
6: We are making plans for this weekend just to watch the Night of a Thousand Jabs. This is insanity. (laughs) Remember when celebrities used to do dumb things with the circus and they do high wire acts and Scott Bale would climb up on a trapeze? No. Now we've got Fauci and Matthew McConaughey trading uh, inoculations on TV. This is just pandering on every level. And I thought we were already at 200 million inoculations. What is the point of this?
0: Yeah, it it makes me wanna shoot something up, but it's not exactly a (laughs) vaccine. How about you, do a little target practice or something (laughs) instead?
1: Well, i got to go back to my friend Mike over there. Okay, don't be comparing this to Circus of the Stars, because that was actually some good TV back in the day, okay? Scott Bayo <laughs> as Chachi was way more entertaining than Michelle Obama. What made them think that she was get the, the queen who ruined school lunches by trying to force bad veggies on kids who ran around the country eating ice cream? That's who's supposed to make us want to get vaccinated, oh, but they're going to be doing like comedy skits and stuff because nothing says fighting a deadly virus more than doing a comedy skit, but they actually already ruined comedy. <laughs> and, you know, this on a serious tip, people, they're doing this because people have very real and valid concerns over these vaccines, whether it's the J&J, which is still on pause, or the, or the, the Pfizer, or the AstraZeneca, or Moderna, whichever one it is, people have a right to have their concerns over a vaccine or they have a right to even not have a concern and not take it. You have to ask yourself, why are these people hustling a vaccine on us, right? This is supposed to be the Your Body, Your Choice crowd.
0: Yep, well, there you have it. And now this headline, Colorado seeks to legalize human composting. Andrea, I'm just going to let you take this one away.
1: Well, I... It's, it's, you have to reread this a couple times and go, what the huh, as Joe Biden would say? I mean, they, are they really <laughs> trying to use ground up humans? in soil, but you know what? This is not the first state to do this, and you got to go, Dr. Gina, you're the psychologist, you're the the doctor here. Uh, You know, how far is the left going to go to to devalue human life? And this is just, and the the excuse on the state is not even anything to do with climate change, right? It's that we believe in natural beauty. Well, where's the side-by-side comparison of a flower that actually blooms better when it's grown in human soil? And this is so despicable and gross to me, we can laugh, but it's like, I think rent and home buyers ought to be warned, right? Because I know I wouldn't want to buy a home that had Nancy Pelosi's, uh, you know, remain spread around anywhere. Let the buyer beware.
0: Yeah, Mike, where are they getting these bodies anyway?
6: <laughs> well, that's a question I don't really want to get into right now, Jada. But you ladies are missing a really important point here. If we create home composting in every state, That means we're gonna have a whole new division of government. You're gonna have a home composting license. You're gonna have a home composting inspector because you're not allowed to mix up different bodies. It can only be one body per compost pile and you're not allowed to grow food in that. So who's gonna be doing that? This is huge government coming right behind putting Uncle Teddy in the compost pile.
0: Oh, gosh. I just, I don't even. Okay, and this one is great. Uh, New Jersey is pretty much the worst-ranked state in the U.S. on lots of levels, and residents there are ticked that they rate so low. And this one is great. New Jersey is pretty much the worst-ranked state in the United States on several scales, and the residents there are ticked that they rate low. Uh, Mike, do you think they deserve that ranking?
6: Yes, they do and they're not dead last, but you're not too far away from dead last. Washington, D.C., which is not a state yet, but was given 51st place out of all this, and they asked people all over the country, more than 1,200 people in a YouGov survey, what's the best place to live? And New Jersey got a giant, forget about it. They will wear this like a crown. They will put forget about it, number 48 tattoo, I guarantee you this will be an episode. They'll revive The Sopranos to bring this back, but no (laughs) shots here. That
0: sounds appropriate, yeah. Andrea, but, you know, there are some nice places in New Jersey. I've been over there. There are some really pretty places there.
1: Well, I guess, I, I, I don't know. You, I, be my tour guide if I ever got to go back to Jersey, right? Um, you know, the, I think they love to complain about Jersey Shore, right? But that's the only reason why they're 48 in my opinion. Uh, because, and, you know, i got lots of family in Mississippi and Alabama right now. And I know you lived in Bama. For a while, Dr. Gino, we don't yes. deserve to be behind New Jersey in this poll. I have no idea how they did this ranking and what it was on, but on, 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 for my peeps in Mississippi and Alabama, we want a recount.
0: That's right. Oh, I think Alabama is one of the most beautiful states in the whole, in the whole world. Anyway, check out this headline, weapons disguised as beauty products found in New York City schools. Kids are bringing brushes that are actually knives and tasers that look like lipstick. But I kind of don't blame them. New York City's a dangerous place these days. Andrea? Well,
1: yeah. um, You know, you and I both know as ladies that uh, makeup can be a dangerous tool, a heinous tool in the wrong hands. I know I've been victimized by some bad makeup artists the past. But the girls who use this makeup, these makeup <laughs> kits, they say that they had to use it to, to defend themselves. And and I don't know if it's true or not. We we do know according to the story that at least twenty five weapons have been found. So somebody's gotta defend themselves. And to me this is just another example of New York run amok and gone crazy post COVID. You can't you're not even safe in a school. That's crazy.
0: Oh, I don't know. I kind of like to know where they got these, so I could, you know, because you know, this girl needs weapons around, and the the more the Biden administration takes our weapons away, maybe we should check into uh, Mike. You know, you, if you have to, after Joe Biden takes away all your guns, are you going to be carrying weapons that are makeup brushes and lipsticks?
6: What makes you think I'm not carrying right now, Jada? <laughs> I I lived, I lived in Manhattan for 23 years. <laughs> And I will tell you, you could buy those lipsticks that have a mini taser in them at flea markets on the weekend. So it's no shock the kids have got them in schools. And as far as a comb, that's from Bob's House of Shivs. You know, you could get that (laughs) anywhere in Brooklyn. These are kids just making sure they're going to be safe on the subway in Bill de Blasio's New York. I can't blame them.
0: All right, well, there is some news out of California. Disney Parks updated their dress code, Mike. And uh, So if you've got your you know, your blush brush that turns into a knife and your lipstick taser, now when you go to Disney, you will see that there are gender-inclusive costume choices for cast members. So, uh, Mike, what does this mean for you? I don't know why I'm picking on you today.
6: <laughs> I, well, I have to be a big fan of Disney. I love the, the imagination that goes into Disney. But is this really a shock that a place that has characters running around everywhere is now giving the employees a choice on how they can dress? Unless you put on the Tigger costume and you put the pants on backwards, you can pretty much do anything you want in Disney and get away with it. And it it truly is the happiest place on earth. I salute them for letting the employees have a little fun.
0: So they're going to let the employees dress how they want, Andrea. But you know good and well they're going to be enforcing that mask policy, and that to me is a deal killer. How about you?
1: Oh, I, 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 I agree with you, but I got to go back to Mike. If he's been carrying around lipstick, little little jacked up little <laughs> lipstick thing, i wondering. And he's defending Disney on this. I'm wondering what costume he's got hanging in his closet that he's ready to trot <laughs> out to take with him to the happiest place, and, and, and is his special superpower going to be that he can switch genders anytime that he wants, I mean, you know, how is this, where is Disney going with this, I mean, you know, if this is supposed to be about their employees, that's not why I go to Disney, I go to Disney to escape, right, I don't, I don't want to be, I don't want to be slapped in the face with the reality of wokeism that's going along, and my Disney used to be about hiding the employees, they had secret entrances, and secret exits, other than the characters like Mickey and Minnie, to my knowledge, they're not Gender fluid, uh, you know. They, they, the employees are supposed to be keeping keeping their private stuff to themselves, and that's the way it should. That's the way it should be. If Disney wants to get woke, I'm I, I'm happy for Disney to get Dixie chicked because they want to put wokeism in their product and then charge me three hundred dollars a day. I'm going to say no, thank you.
0: <laughs> yeah, poor kids too. Just more confusion for for them. Anyway, it used to be about the children instead of about the employees. And what happened to customer service? I have a lot of questions. Anyway, guys, this story does not fit in the category of little known news. This is actually all over the place, and people are ticked. The founder of Black Lives Matter went on a real estate shopping spree in white neighborhoods. Andrea, being a community activist is a great way to make a living. And I was just wondering, are you going to give up your radio talk show hosting to become a community activist so you too can afford a multi-million dollar house?
1: Well, heck yeah, because she actually bought four homes, right? I right. Mean, and, and, and to my knowledge, only one of them was an area that was my uh, that was majority black, which is supposedly how she got her money, right? That was in Atlanta. But in her defense, 1.4 million dollars in 99. something percent, you know, all white Topanga. That's that's kind of like the hood, right? If you're if you're only living at <laughs> 1.4 million in Topanga, uh, you know, I'm surprised she's not doing a GoFundMe to get more out of it. But you know, wake up and wise up, you Black Lives matter supporters who are out beating each other over the head you know uh, you know you're all you're doing is making
0: some bank for this chick mike um you know four houses millions of dollars community organizing not such a bad gig maybe we should all reconsider our uh, careers
6: <laughs> well i did review the communist manifesto before this segment and there is not a chapter in there about uh multiple home ownership and in, in at least not in my copy but i do right. have she one says note. she's a
0: marxist yeah
6: Go yeah ahead. well apparently capitalism cures marxism
0: it does it does and that's a beautiful beautiful way to end that all right it's guys it's almost <laughs> the end of the show and that means it is now time for our meme of the day Now here we have a very concerned leftist who has spotted people outside, probably congregating in a large group, and this woman is appalled. She has called the authorities to report that she has spotted some people not living in fear. Andrea, is that what it's like living in California these days? Well, it is, and
1: you know, especially since this woman looks like Rosie O'Donnell, right? I mean, and we know that Rosie—we know that Rosie's. This is exactly something she that she would do, surrounded by armed bodyguards, of course.
0: Yep, yep. And Mike, quickly.
6: Um, I think she's calling one eight Karen eight 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 Karen, (laughs) and she's getting the uh, the Karen Police, and they'll be down there. They'll dispatch a car immediately.
0: I think you're right. I think that, yeah, I think she is. And I think that they better keep that number handy because there's going to be, <laughs> there are a lot of people fighting back these days and I love seeing it. I love seeing it. So uh, I hope that uh, Rosie there keeps that number handy. Mike <laughs> and Andrea, thank you both for being with us today and catch both of their shows, Michael Pelka and Andrea Kay. Thank you, guys. Bye,
1: guys.
6: Thanks, Tina.
0: All right, and thanks to you also for joining me tonight. And thanks to everyone here at your new home for Real News, Real America's Voice, TV. Don't forget, live from Studio 6B is coming up next with Damon and his crew. Hug your children, love your God, you go boldly now and live the truth.